This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Now, I don't want to say summer is usually a quiet time in politics, but I will say summer can be a quiet time in BC politics, but that is not the case right now, is it? Uh, we've got the port strike happening. We've got you know problems with BC ferries, and we've also got housing issues that continue and a housing roundtable that's going to be going on with the federal government. So clearly, we have a lot to talk about with Premier David Eby, who joins us now. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So first off, what is this housing roundtable that's going on? Uh, the deputy prime minister is in town uh, and uh, we're taking the opportunity uh, to sit down with her uh, directly uh, to talk about the housing issue, but also um, to line up a number of people who are uh, expert in housing issues in British Columbia, just uh, to make sure that at the highest levels of the federal government, they're aware of the depth of the challenge that we face around housing. You know, there's so many BC families, so many people who are looking for a place to live, to rent. They're searching Craigslist, and they or they they don't see any way that they could ever get into the housing market. And uh, we're doing uh, a lot of heavy lifting at the provincial government level uh, to address that. We've got new laws coming in in the fall. We're uh, identifying public land that we can use to build affordable housing. We're buying older rental buildings uh, through uh, nonprofit organizations to preserve that housing. And uh, we really need the federal government that has some good programs to, to line up their programs with ours and to make sure that BC gets our fair share. We just aren't getting our fair share of the housing dollars. So hopefully this gives us an opportunity to talk about those um, those ways we can work together to really deliver for BC families and for British Columbians the kind of affordable housing they deserve. Now, is that the message I know that you've said to, this, to them before? Is that, listen, we're getting more immigration numbers than all these other provinces, but the housing dollars don't match. Yeah, there's a there's a disconnect, uh, unfortunately, uh, with how the federal government housing and it's not just housing, uh, you know, it's economic development dollars and and other pieces. Uh, it was a key theme at the Western Premier's Conference. But I think British Columbians, you know, we we recognize, uh, you know, we're, we're a long way from Ottawa. Uh, we're often not front of mind uh, for Ottawa. Uh, and uh, and the federal government's not as present here as they are in other places like Quebec, Ontario or the East Coast. So what our government has been doing is we've been going face-to-face to Ottawa to meet and build those relationships with the federal government. We've got Deputy Prime Minister Freeland coming out to hear firsthand. And it's our hope that we're able to reverse that trend and, and make sure at a minimum that we're getting our fair share of federal dollars just based on our population as it is. Uh, but ideally, you know, recognizing that our population is growing really quickly, that D.C. is a desirable place to live for many people, and, uh, and we think it's the best place to live on Earth. Uh, and so we understand why people are choosing to move here, but we also need that federal uh, government funding to, to follow that to support people when they arrive. So since you've got the deputy prime minister here, you will be chatting with her. Will you be bringing up the issue of the port strike as well and the huge impact that's having on the province? Yeah, it's it's, it's very likely. And, uh, and hopefully uh, we see a fast resolution to this. You know, uh, BC families have seen increases uh, due to global inflation, supply chain interruptions, and uh, and to have the port closed, it jeopardizes people's jobs well beyond the port, uh, as well as uh, as threatens the, to raise prices on essentials. And so, you know, we, we know the port workers have seen those rising uh, costs for them and for their families too. They need to be treated fairly by their employer. 
Uh, and uh, we also need uh, their employer and them to recognize how central their jobs are to uh, the prosperity of not just British Columbians, but the whole country, and to sit down at the table and hammer out a deal quickly. Um, and, uh, and I'm sure uh, it will be one of the topics I discuss with, uh, with the deputy. What is your approach then to the idea of the federal government doing more, that getting more actively involved and pressuring them back to work? Well, I think anything that the federal government can do to help bring the parties together at the table to reach a resolution that's going to last and that's going to be solid, uh, we need our ports to be working at, uh, at top capacity. Um, British Columbia alone, you know, all of the exports that we have uh, from our natural resources to manufactured goods that leave here, um, all of the things that we import from around the world uh, to make life better for British Columbians uh, pass through the port, and, and that's just us. You know, it's uh, we're the gateway to many parts of North North America to major trading markets in Asia, uh, and uh, and we need the ports to be effective and efficient in how they do that work. And part of that means the deal between the employer and and the workers uh, that's going to last, and the best deal they're going to get is one that they hammer out at the table together. So you would prefer that option as opposed to having the federal government step in. Well, so one of the things that government can do, and, and you know, we have the Fraser Valley transit strike right now. Um, we have a mediator in there that's uh, paid for by the provincial government that's ready, that, that's hammering, trying, uh, hopefully, to hammer out a deal between the two sides there. If there are opportunities like that for the federal government, they should absolutely take them. Uh, and canvassing the options that are available for the federal government uh, to be able to get that deal at the table uh, is certainly on the agenda for me. Okay, and can we also talk about BC Ferries here for a second too? Because clearly this has been a huge issue over the last couple of weeks. And now we're hearing that another long weekend coming up, you know, the BC Day 1 will also cause problems. Is there something more that your government can do to help BC Ferries? Yeah, I think, you know, when I, I think about families sitting at that uh, ferry terminal and the kids are in the backseat and it's yeah, hot, terrible. And you just want to get over to the, it's awful. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, it, we... Uh, it's uh, the, the ferry system is just part of our uh, highway system for so many families and also for the island, such an important economic driver. The situation at BC Ferries and the delays are not acceptable to me. Uh, and that's why we've made some significant changes uh, in leadership at BC Ferries. We have a new CEO there. We have a new uh, chair of the board. Uh, they have very clear marching orders from government uh, to the extent that we're able to because it's, uh, it's independent from us. But we are able to provide that direction, which is, uh, to get this sorted out. Now, I understand some of the challenges they face uh, around labor, uh, around supply chain that British Columbians are seeing generally and employers are seeing across the province. Um, you know, making sure there are workers to do the jobs and making sure they get the parts to get the ferries running. Um, but, uh, but they need to address the long-term system-wide issues that have been present uh, long before supply chain disruptions. And I have confidence that we have the leadership there that are going to be able to turn this around. If that requires more funding, is the provincial government open to that? Yeah, one of the things we did was provide uh, um, almost half a billion dollars in funding to BC Ferries to keep fares uh, stable despite rising costs. So they were looking at a potential 30% fare increase for ferry users. Obviously not acceptable for British Columbians already facing rising costs in many different areas. So we provided that funding. I mean, it was over the objections of the opposition who voted against it, of course. I, I do need to mention that. But uh, yes, we will provide the support to the uh, BC ferries that they need to deliver this uh, transit for people, this essential transportation in our province. Okay, so that's open then, that, that idea that if they need more help, if they come to you and say, this is what it's going to take, the government would listen. We've already stepped up to do that to me in, the, in uh, last year's budget, and we're prepared to do that again. Uh, the critical piece is we need to see the results. Um, and it's not, uh, it's not just a matter of money, making sure that the systems are in place. So when we did the reforms at ICBC, 
it wasn't just about um, the finances. It was about addressing the underlying system. And uh, some of the leadership we had in that turnaround are now uh, turning their uh, sights on uh, BC ferries. And so the underlying system uh, needs to be efficient. But yes, uh, the resources will be there for the ships and the infrastructure and the capital that they need uh, to be able to deliver for British Columbians. Okay, so just getting back to the housing roundtable as well that you're having with the Deputy Prime Minister, um, is there a specific program that you want from the federal government here? Is there a specific way you would like to see them become more invested in housing in B.C.? Yeah, sure. I mean, big picture, uh, just our fair share of the funding that they're allocating. Um, But we can get really uh, into the details because, you know, when... um, I think the federal government sees the same issue that we do. They're at the table with uh, housing dollars uh, that they haven't been at the table with for a long time. It was a decision made in the 90s that the federal government would get out of housing and uh, and the provincial government as well. And we're living with that legacy now. But I think we all see now, hopefully, uh, that middle income, attainable housing for people who earn a decent income uh, is, is housing that government also has to support, not just housing for those who are desperately poor. And uh, I think there are probably a lot of listeners right now that are in a decent income and they're looking around at the housing market and, and can't see a way forward. And so um, we have a program, for example, where we provide construction financing for a new rental housing building. It helps bring down the cost of construction and some affordability for rents is delivered that way. The federal government has a program where they provide mortgage financing for newly built rental housing. Uh, and they provide affordability that way uh, through the rent. Those two programs don't work together. <laughs> they're not linked. They're not connected at all, uh, despite the fact that they're uh, so complementary. So, you know, there are lots of examples like that where there's a federal program and a provincial program that aren't talking, that aren't working together. And if they did work together, uh, the tenants in those buildings, uh, without any additional government uh, investment, would see much deeper uh, affordability in terms of the rents that we can offer. And so it's that kind of coordination and and it's that kind of fair treatment that I think would make a big difference Hmm. here in British Columbia uh, for the kind of challenges we face. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for your time this morning. Yeah, thanks so much for having me.